Welcome everyone to episode nine of the Average Ontario Anglers podcast. Today we have a really cool podcast about spring pike fishing. Now, a few episodes ago, we had our early ice out pike fishing episode. This one is more of a generalized pike fishing episode, and we're really going to focus on our favorite lures to catch pike and some of the equipment that we use to do it. Now, if you've never listened to the Average Ontario Anglers podcast, if this is your first one, here's what you can expect. Playful banter between two average anglers. That's right. Yep. We have Andrew here, who's going to have our interesting fishing fact uh, coming up soon. And we really strive to be relatable, talk about subjects that everyone thinks about and wants to improve on. So if you're looking to improve your fishing game and have a few chuckles in the meantime, definitely stay tuned. And also this week, we'd like to thank our episode sponsor of Blackfly Lures. Isn't that cool, Andrew? That's I, Man, that guy is awesome. He and is. He's so tall. We, He's a giant. <laughs> we've met him a few times. Uh, we've been using his lures for a long time. And I know a lot of people in Ontario have blackfly lure spinner baits or, or bucktails in their box. I'm, I'm surprised when I drive, you know, and, and in small towns, I like to visit the local tackle shop. And I'm su- I'm always surprised and like, good for him. How many times I see a blackfly lures little display in spinner that bait. tackle bot, in that tackle shop. I, my first muskie was on a blackfly spinner bait. Yep. In fact, it was on it was on one of these. Yep. And this this particular spinnerbait is actually one of our favorites, and it's the Blackfly Lures Big Bastard. Now, the cool thing about this spinnerbait is it's it's not a big spinnerbait, but it's kind of the in between zone between a musky spinnerbait and a bass spinnerbait. Yep. So it's a little bit bigger. It's got a little bit bigger of a hook, um, bigger skirt, and it is a lure that's great for catching pike, which our episode is about. But it's also great for catching bass. And as Andrew mentioned, he caught his. Yep, one first. of his biggest musky on on this spinnerbait <laughs> so we're going to talk more about his lures he makes fantastic lures he makes them all by hand right here in ontario and yeah. uh dean has uh was more than happy to uh, sponsor this uh, podcast so we're going to talk more about that coming up first we're going to start with a very exciting and amazing interesting fishing fact done oh. by the one and only man with a mustache andrew <laughs> This better so, be amazing. Well, I wanted to start off this fishing fact a little something different. So I wanted to talk about the Bible. Specifically, the Freshwater Fisherman's Bible by Vlad Evanov. <laughs> <laughs> that book is just, it looks as thick as a Bible. So I, I found this at, at a Value Village recently. And I'm a sucker for old, outdated fishing books. Value Village is, is great for finding old <laughs> fishing books. So this yeah. one was written in uh, New York, copyright is 1964 oh so it's up to date relevant (laughs) (laughs) so uh to keep it with the theme of the episode i thought i'd talk about the pike chapter okay so i wanted to to go into a few different things that he wrote about pike and i just look at your your reaction to them okay back in the 60s yeah this is back in the 60s so here are some some little excerpts from it uh, he says, today there are still a few diehards who consider the pike unworthy of the title of game fish and prefer other species. I think that's still the case. That's still the case. <laughs> a lot of people hate pike. I, I fish with a few guys that do bass tournaments and they're like, they, they, they hook a pike and they're like, yeah, I don't even touch that slimy thing. Yeah. There's, there's another one on here. In Canada, pike devour hundreds of thousands, if not millions of ducklings in Saskatchewan and Manitoba. That sounds like a... An unverifiable fact. I like what he says, in Canada, and then also narrows it down after the fact of, in Saskatchewan and Manitoba. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's lots of big pike there. Uh, one interesting thing he mentions is biologists claim that pike actually improve fishing 
by keeping down the numbers of yellow perch, sunfish, and other panfish. So in waters where pike are absent, panfish and bass become plentiful but stunted in size. And that makes a lot of sense. That does make I, sense. I, I think that's you, actually we, very We fished a few lakes where the bass are stunted and, and they're all like literally, you'll catch like a bass that's two pounds, but it has the head of like a four pounder. Yeah. And oh, yeah. And the skinny oh, body. They, they look so yeah. Yeah, skinny. So and those lakes don't have pike in them. <laughs> Interesting. So because this is an old book and the photos, when there are photos, they're either hand-drawn or they're all black and white. So they describe what a pike looks like. Okay. Most pike are olive or greenish in color with an occasional bluish cast. The color becomes lighter toward the belly, which is yellowish or white. This is my favorite little point. There are many yellow-white bean-shaped spots along the sides of the body. <laughs> like, ah, oh, yes, pike and their bean spots. A <laughs> uh, couple of things here. So uh, he talks a few times and just says, for small pike, you can use your regular bass or walleye fishing tackle, such as a light or medium bait casting rod. Or small pike are often taken during the summer months, but the larger pike bite best in the fall after Labor Day, which is a very specific. So if you want to catch large pike, apparently you only go fishing after Labor Day. Yeah, makes sense. So I, I was wondering, like, what does, what's a small pike? So <laughs> he, uh, he later mentions here, on light tackle, pike will put up a good fight with the smaller ones up to 10 or 12 pounds. <laughs> That's a pretty good pike if it's in the double digits of weight. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't consider that really like a small pike. That's like a pike that's at least low 30-inch yes. pike. That's a small that's, one. That's when it's starting to get good. So, yeah. yeah. But, you know, on light tackle, you can catch, you know, you target 10 to 12-pound pike on light tackle, apparently. Well, back then, all the rods were made of fiberglass. <laughs> that's true. So, you could, it's like an ugly stick. You could literally probably catch, you know, a 40-inch pike on literally an ultralight fiberglass rod. <laughs> So there's a, a couple, there's this one here I thought was funny because it kind of contradicts himself in the exact same paragraph. Like big muskies, big pike are often solitary and take up locations which they hold against smaller fish. And later on, two sentences later, even big pike tend to congregate in large numbers. <laughs> it's like, which one is it? Vlad. <laughs> there was a, He's rolling in his grave right now. <laughs> there's a couple other uh, tips for catching pike. Okay. A pike usually smashes a lure hard and often hooks itself, but it's a good idea to set the hook with a rod to make sure. Just in case. Just in case. I, I recommend that tip as well <laughs> for any species. Here's something when you're when you're playing the fish. Pike should be played until they give up completely and turn over on their sides before an attempt is made to land them. A large widemouth net can be used for the smaller fish, again, 10 to 12 pounds. The larger fish can be gaffed through the lower lip. <laughs> Perfect for the catch and release angler. <laughs> a large gaff. So he also says it's also a good idea to have a billy or club handy so you can bop the pike on the head to stun him and stop him from thrashing around. Then you can unhook it with a long pair of needle nose pliers. <laughs> I knew I knew that was popular back in the day to do that for pike and muskie. Because they'd actually smack them on the head with like a club. <laughs> and then unhook them. And then unhook them. Yeah. So the the last thing here on handling fish he says experienced anglers and guides sometimes grab the pike in the gills which we can still do but you have to do it carefully especially if you're unexperienced you'll get your hands sliced up real fast or you can injure the fish itself is this the eyeball thing <laughs> or by placing a thumb and forefinger into the eye sockets which 
has a beautiful photo right there of if anyone can see that apparently that's how you handle a bike yeah i've seen <laughs> mostly in older photos and stuff of people picking up pike like that and uh, other fish and that's super barbaric even if you're going to keep the fish yeah and the last thing he he's sure to mention at the end is he talks about how they're they make good eating but he does say that pike are somewhat bony somewhat somewhat they have a, they have a few bones in there <laughs> so yeah so uh not much has changed i guess since 1964 no nope. so yeah so that's uh that's some little little points there's some good tips in here as well talking about you know where the pike will i'm not i don't want to rip on rip on vlad in all in all bad ways but uh yeah he's you know he talks about having a good wire leader talks about all these surface plugs and underwater plugs which today we know them as lures yep <laughs> but uh he has some interesting interesting information on there but it's interesting to see how uh, much the information gets outdated quite quickly in just a couple decades yeah for sure <laughs> so yeah that's uh that's interesting that's interesting fishing fact i, I like that because it's something different and it's funny again like you said it's funny how things have <laughs> changed so much like you would never pick up a pike through the eyeballs now <laughs> And if you did, I, I have seen someone post a picture and it, it's it's probably just due to ignorance. They didn't know. They were told that's how you pick it up. Yeah. They're, they're not an avid fisherman and they get roasted in the comments. Yeah. Like roasted. But yeah, definitely don't pick up a pike like that. <laughs> but anyway, that was, that was cool. I'll give you a, what do I rate you as a number rating? Sometimes. Okay. Go for it. So I'll give you a number rating of 91%. Ooh. So I like that one. That was good. Nice. I like old stuff. The, the great thing is this can be a series because it covers... A multitude of topics there's a bunch and over 120 photos and drawings nice but it goes over uh apparently it's a bible worth of information about various species of fish interesting so maybe so this one is for april why don't you do another one in may Sounds and for good. may why don't we do um musky is musky yeah, musky? There? yeah. Sweet. there's also pickerel hmm. which is not walleye it's and a chain pickerel chain pickerel and there's two other types of pickerel as well but I didn't read too much into that. So that'll be a surprise for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. So again, we would like to plug our podcast sponsor once again. We got Blackfly Lures. And again, we have been using his product for a while. <laughs> so the giveaway this week is going to be a $25 uh, gift card for Blackfly Lures website, which will get you a few lures to get you started for the spring. We really yep. like their spinner baits um, for pike, for bass. I mean, we've caught everything on them. Bass, pike, musky for sure. He makes a lot of really big musky baits too. If you're into like, if you're a hardcore musky guy or girl, he has some really big musky grub bucktails yep. and big spinner baits. I've also, if you, if you like finesse presentations, he's got some really nice small ones with silicone skirts. Perfect for crappy and like crappy, yeah. even, even for like smallmouth bass. Like I find, yeah, it's a very small presentation, but they'll inhale that thing like it's i like fishing those small spinner baits around you know heavy heavy cover because they don't go very deep yeah and and one of his most iconic lures is is spinner baits with the hatchet blades i don't know yeah. if you've ever seen them but definitely check it out we'll post some pictures on our on our instagram the hatchet blades they're just unique and they throw off i think the reason that they work so well is, is they just throw off a slightly different vibration so yeah. maybe if you're fishing pressured water like in cottage country where you know, every other guy or girl is throwing a spinnerbait. Try a hatchet blade spinnerbait, and that slight difference in vibration makes a huge difference in catching fish. 
and again he has all kinds of really cool colors in fact this year he actually just released two new colors one is like a purple and black with glitter it looks really good and one of them is his banana spinnerbait which is like yeah. a really interesting combination of like yellow and brown i got the i got the banana one yeah so we picked some up we saw him actually dean at cancast yep and uh, i also saw him at the spring fishing and boating show he's a super nice guy so anyway, we're going to get into our main topic, which is pike fishing and, and the presentations that we like. If you've never fished for pike on purpose, <laughs> you've probably caught one before when you're bass fishing. And, and a lot of lakes in Ontario are riddled with pike, like just so many pike in them, right? Um, and a lot have moved in because of the Trent uh, Severn Canal. Yeah, so like the Kawarthas, for instance, they all, a lot of them have pike in them now. And yep. like we've actually had some really good pike fishing in some of the Kawartha lakes where like maybe 20 years ago, there was literally no pike at all. Yeah. And now we can go to certain Kawarthas and actually successfully catch pike every time we go. And, and those are the areas where pike is open all year round as well. Yeah. Because they are invading into those lakes. Again, it's not the pike's fault. They're just following the water that's not connected. <laughs> yeah. But it's great because you can, you can go there. And oftentimes if we're fishing for muskie, for me, I love like pike tastes awesome. I love it. We, so we like eating pike. I'll keep the pike. If I catch a pike, I'll keep it out of the Kawarthas every single time. Yeah. And it's not, it's not a bad thing that they're in these lakes, but if there is muskie in those lakes, because the fact that pike uh, spawn in their fry hatch before muskies do, yep. the juvenile pike oftentimes feed on the juvenile muskie, which does impact yep. the populations of the native muskie. So I found out recently that lakes where pike and muskie have always coexisted, muskie will spawn twice. They'll spawn once with pike, which is why you get tiger muskie. Hmm. And then they'll also spawn a second time later. Interesting. So they'll, they'll and the same muskie will spawn twice. It's not like two rounds of spawning with different fish. The same muskie can spawn twice. Interesting. And they'll reserve some of their eggs to spawn at their regular time when they do. I wonder how that works. So imagine, for instance, that you're muskie, and all the pike are spawning, and you, you're like, okay, pike and muskie normally don't spawn together. That's not a normal thing. Yeah. And then you're a muskie, and you're just like, hey, how's it going? Bunch of pike, you know? <laughs> and, the, and the pike are like hi <laughs> but yeah so like for instance i was just out in the Quarthas uh this past week it was the last weekend when remember when the temperature was like 30 degrees it was like yep. insane yep. it was like late june weather yeah. in, in april <laughs> the water was 48 degrees and i found some shallow water around reeds and the water temp was actually in the low 50s so sometimes finding that slightly warmer water temperature in the early spring is the deal to find them and i actually mm -hmm. found a few pike right away they were actually full out spawning and they they didn't want to have anything to do with me. I didn't. They weren't <laughs> physically spawning, but you could tell that they were kind of like That's getting ready to. Attention was on. Yeah, yeah. I actually chucked a fluke out, dropped it literally right on top of this pike's head. I literally landed the thing on its head, and it just sat there. It is it is good too in the spring. Uh, for again, we talked about ice out pike before, but one of the things that spring pike will do is they'll uh, they'll load up and they like to spawn up in the creeks as well. Yeah. And so when they're staging in these creeks, they're putting on this big feed, you know, b before spawn where they're eating a bunch of dead fish where the winter has killed them. And as the ice melts, it's all flowing out and these dead fish are washing downstream and that's the pike are feeding on. So oftentimes a dead presentation uh, will outperform live bait or something more active sometimes. Dead bait. Yeah. Yeah. So, and you so can fish it on like the a, bottom or under yeah. a bobber. So even if you're using, you know, uh, if you're fishing a fluke, like Jesse was trying the right thing of casting it with a, like an unweighted fluke and just letting it sit there, like barely moving it, that, you know, I'm surprised you didn't get at least some, some interest in that. I feel like early spring pike fishing can be hot, but it also, there's times when literally they won't touch anything. Yeah. Like they're so focused on spawning, not interested. 
anyway we're going to talk more like generalized not early spring so like for me pike fishing it's when it opens pretty much everywhere is kind of like early to mid may and then you have that one month period kind of before it gets really hot that a lot of the pike are still shallow because pike like cold water bigger ones anyway so bigger fish than i'd say like 30 inches they go deep yep as soon as it gets hot they go deep or or if it's not deep it's wherever there's colder water can be found so if there is like a spring fed creek coming out or there's an underwater spring uh it may be in shallow water but the temperature itself is cooler that's where they're going to be exactly so if you don't have maybe you're fishing a quartha lake for instance because that's where we fish a lot of that water is is fairly warm so a lot of the fish will actually slide slightly deeper and that's why a lot of the old folks tell was that the pike lose their teeth in the summer like you can't catch them because <laughs> they're not there they are they're just spread out and they're in deep water yeah they're easier to target when they're still shallow so we're going to kind of talk about some of the presentations and lures that we have had success in in catching fish and and i have in front of me on a table i have a whole bunch of lures so we're going to try not to stop i literally just slam my hands down on all these lures <laughs> he just rattles hands on a bunch of exposed treble hooks <laughs> i just had a, like a thought of and now we're changing this episode from pike to how to remove a treble hook with braid <laughs> live <laughs> so i think the first bait if i could only have one pike bait would be a jerk bait i get to talk about it okay so we're going to talk about <laughs> jerk baits slash minnow baits yes because i i'd like to add in some other baits that aren't you, necessarily you can fish minnow baits. baits and still retrieve them erratically yeah it, jerk bait isn't the only thing that you can start twitching in the water so the reason we're going to kind of talk why jerk baits work so well pike are very visual feeders jerk baits are a visual presentation it's an erratic presentation and the whole reason why jerk baits work so well for pike for bass for, for musky everything is because it elicits a reaction bite yeah. so even if the fish are not actively eating which oftentimes pike are actively feeding that erratic darting action where it stops and then it starts it's like if someone throws a ball at you and says catch and you just grab it like yeah. you you weren't thinking about grabbing it you just have that reaction to grab it or if something's falling like say you drop a cup off the counter you just grab it that's what a reaction yeah. bite is for a fish so when you chuck that jerk bait out the pike since it's flashing and, and rattling and, and jerking around and then it stops and it looks at it and then all of a sudden you jerk it again and try to take it away from it fast it's it's yeah. predatory reaction is to just grab it I, i've seen so many times where you're fishing a jerk bait and then it, like you stop it you let it sit in the water column especially suspending jerk baits they're not moving and then the fish that is you know a couple feet away just kind of slowly comes up to it stares at it and is not moving it's not going to take the bait and like you say as soon as you move it instinct takes over of something moved in my strike zone must hit <laughs> yeah and that that's why they're so effective and for pike oftentimes in early season like we talked about the you know iso pike the pike are moving slow because the water's cold so a jerk bait is a very it can be the long pauses help it be an effective bait but even throughout the summer they can be great baits because they're so erratic and yep. some of our favorites we have here um if you're if you're just getting into pike fishing or, or any kind of fishing one lure that you should own and it's very reasonably priced is a rapala husky jerk yep. and the rapala husky jerk um it comes in tons of sizes my favorite size is the, the smallest size with three trebles i think it's called the hj12 there's a, a one size bigger than this one as well they both work great for pike and the one color that you have to get is fire tiger yes and pike just love it and i think it's because again they're visual feeders and that bright color it kind of looks like a perch but it's super bright it's got orange belly chartreuse sides green on the top with black stripes it's just super contrasty and bright yep. and that color works great for pike 100 percent. what's your favorite 
uh, I really like the the ripstop and the X-Trap as well, but the ripstop is... is Rapala. Yeah, yeah. So again, in Rapala Lure, they're more expensive than the Husky Jerk. The benefits of them, they both cast a lot further. Uh, the big difference between... Like the X-Trap is an excellent jerk bait. Uh, the difference between the ripstop and the X-Trap is the ripstop has an extra fin on the backside that comes down. So when you retrieve it, when you jerk it, like this thing is super erratic and then it just stops dead. It doesn't carry much momentum in, in forward movement after that pulling has stopped. Yeah. So it's it's super like quick, start, stop, start, stop. And that can, like it, I find that drives pike, pike wild too. Like any fish too, but... I've had good success with the ripstop in the last couple of years as well. Uh, oftentimes in like uh, more of a bait fish color or white, yep. but that's personal preference. Pike love white. Yeah. Like white uh, jerk baits or any kind of spinner bait, they love it. Yep. Another I, thing about the ripstop is it's flat sided. Yes. So it's very, it has like very shiny sides. It's a flat sided jerk bait. So when you jerk it, it kind of has a slight roll to it as you jerk it and it just shoots off flash on both sides. Yeah. Which makes it a great bait if you're searching for fish. Yep. One bait that I know Andrew, I'm going to let him talk about it because he's caught a lot of really good fish on it is the, again, we're just talking Rapplas right now. I'm just pulling <laughs> stuff out of my actual tackle box. Yeah. This is a Rapala, the jointed Rapala. Yeah. It's so a classic. This, this is the J13. Generally, I go, you can definitely, I've caught pike on, on the J13 as well, but I'll usually go down to, I think it's the J10. It's a fairly small one, but I love it because it floats. So when you're fishing pike, especially in, in, if they're in the shallow water, you have this early weed growth coming up and you've got maybe two feet between the surface of the water and the weeds. And if you fish anything, like if you fish a, a regular jerk bait, you're going to be heading down to those weeds. You're going to be fouling it up instantly. But the floating rapala is, is nice because you can start retrieving it. It has this just wicked like slow wobble through the water. And then if you notice it's getting too close to the weeds, you just stop retrieving and it just like floats up and kind of shimmies up. It's and they'll hit on the paws too. Yeah. And then it comes to the top, and then I'll just start pulling down again. And you can kind of work it in in stages. If it's really shallow, you can pull it in like two feet, stop, let it float. Pull it in two feet, stop. Or you can just find a, a good slow retrieve, and it'll just stay down like a foot, foot and a half, just above those weeds. Yep. And if, if a pike sees that above its head coming along, it's not going to pass it up. And it's also a really good trolling bait, which is another thing we yeah. do a lot of for pike is we'll troll minnow baits or spinners or spoons behind the boat yeah that's the kind of bait you can just chuck it behind the boat and if you have a canoe or a kayak you can just paddle or pedal along and that lure is just working down they, they dive a bit but not super deep but if you find yourself fishing in say slightly deeper water just cast a bit farther behind the boat and it actually will dive down mm-hmm. a decent amount and we have caught some good fish trolling so pike generally aren't in open water because they're primarily an ambush predator like other other sport fish like your smallmouth bass, they're ambush predators as well, but they'll often cruise around in open water on flats and stuff looking for bait fish. Pike, they almost require to, to, to be in a heavy cover area. And what happens is they will, they'll be sitting there and when they see a target approaching or nearby, they will bend their body into an S shape and then straighten out instantly and shoot forward like a rocket. Mm-hmm. And so they ambush from cover so that's heavy weeds that's timber that's you know you know some some thick rocks if you're fishing like around a shelf anything they can blend in with or hide around that's where the pike are going to to be feeding is from is those areas so if you're trolling you know trolling beside structure in a channel that has like a good weed line or something like that or you know close to shore in a river 
those those are areas that we would troll generally and stuff like the j13 or or, or the jointed rappel of, of any size is fantastic because you don't have to go very fast and again sp- pike are fa- pike are fast so you can fish them any speed really you control pretty fast for them too i personally like a slower approach a lot of the time but yeah. you can you control the stuff and they will just shoot out of out of nowhere and just annihilate it yeah and, and engulf the whole thing yeah <laughs> it's crazy all right we're gonna we have so many lures we could talk about we're gonna try to keep it fairly brief um andrew has his hand on one this is one of my favorites <laughs> so let's talk about spinner baits first and then we'll talk about that chatterbait okay so <clears throat> spinner baits are a fantastic lure for pike and why is that so the flash the vibration uh again you can fish it around cover so you're fishing where the pike are a lot of the kortha lakes that we fish have weeds yeah <laughs> so a treble hook doesn't always work well yeah so a lot a lot of the kortha lakes that we fish or like other areas that have pike you're fishing around structure timber wood uh well that is timber (laughs) weed stuff like that and a normal spinner if you're using a spinner you might get snagged now if you're a shore fishing person which a lot of us are uh snagging your lure you know far away in the water you're not going to get it back (laughs) you're going to lose that lure so a spinner bait is weedless and it's a great lure now there's a few reasons a spinner bait like andrew said has a lot of flash yep now sometimes flash especially because we like we said pike are very visual feeders that's why spinner baits and spinners and spoons are so effective but sometimes when the water is slightly off colored vibration is more important so yep. instead of using a spinner bait sometimes we pick up what andrew has the chatter bait chatter bait not just any chatter bait it's got to be this one so <laughs> so the well, big it, it doesn't it, have it, to be this one but this is the best one that we've used yeah so this is the big blade chatter bait yeah, Z-Man. Yeah, so Z-Man. So they, uh, they're they made really well. Again, it has a larger blade than the, the general chatterbaits. Hand-tied skirt, so the skirt won't rip yep. off. And we Jesse has this one tipped to the big grub. It's, uh, a, it's a Kalen's uh, six-inch Mogambo grub, which is <laughs> it's not a regular twister tail. It's a big twister yeah. tail. Yeah. Uh, I often tip mine with, with a fluke or something just long and slender. Mm-hmm. Uh I like to I like uh, to have a trailer on it that I let the chatterbait impart action to it, and Jesse often uses a, a thicker trailer that will have you know more undulation, like sometimes a, a swim jig or a swim bait, sometimes like a big grub like this. Uh, it can change how much vibration is coming through. Either way, it, the chatterbait throws a yeah, lot a of lot, vibration, yeah. especially the big blade. And if you've never fished or if you've only fished a regular chatterbaits before. And you cast this thing out and start retrieving it. It thumps. You, you'll notice it a thumps. difference. <laughs> and but the reason, like like you said, I don't normally put a big chatterbait trailer on when I'm bass fishing, but that particular lure that you're holding, that's my muddy water chatterbait. It's got a big fluorescent orange blade. It's mm-hmm. got a bright white and um, kind of like there's a bit of orange and chartreuse skirt and then a big grub. That Because the blade's so big, I can yeah. retrieve it pretty slow and it just thumps along. And that twister tail in the back, it's so big, it just you know, is flapping back there, which lets me slow down even more. So if I'm fishing really muddy water and I want to give the fish some time to find it, that's why I put that big grub on and it yeah. works fantastic. And they engulf that thing. <laughs> they, yeah. They, if you don't have uh, mouse spreaders and a pair of long needle nose pliers, You'll you're not em. getting it back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I really like the big blade as well. Because, uh, because oh, he just Jesse literally saying. just dropped it onto his lap. Ooh, that was a close one. Andrew's like, I never wanted kids. <laughs> So the, the one of the reasons why I really like the big blade, 
uh, for Pike as opposed to the regular one is not only the reasons we already mentioned, but because of that big blade, you can fish the same weight. So you're still casting just as far. If you're, let's say you're fishing a half ounce or a, or a five eighths ounce uh, big blade versus the regular one, but it runs like a couple feet shallower again. Yeah, it's a very again, shallow runner. It's a single single hook and you can rip it through the weeds. So if it's hitting on weeds, just give it a sharp tug and it, the blade cuts right through the weeds. You can keep bringing it in. So I, it's awesome, awesome for for weed cover. That's yeah. probably my, my main go-to when I'm fishing uh, above weeds or around weeds and when is you rip a chatterbait. It, when you rip it through weeds, when you make connection with the weeds or contact with the weeds and rip it through, that's a lot of time triggers a fish to bite like we said that reaction bite mm -hmm. they may see the bait they may not be active if it goes right through their area and gets stuck on a weed and then you rip it through fast yeah. sometimes they just lash out and grab it and i think too part part of that reaction to it is not just the visual of that happening but you having a bait that's that's vibrating regularly through the water hits a weed the vibration stops and when you yank it forward, like in the boat, you can almost hear the vibration of yeah. like yeah. really hard, quick as, as you tug that. So that thing is, is as I said, when you're fishing around weeds, it becomes erratic because you're ripping it through. And that's, yeah, that's has to be probably one of my favorite pike baits. And it, is the it catches big bass too. And the, the <laughs> other thing that I have to mention about the big blade chatterbait is it does have a big hook on it. I think it's a six aught hook, which is quite a bit bigger than a regular chatterbait mm -hmm. so it's a bigger hook it, they do come in bigger sizes like heavier weights yeah i think that particular one is a three quarter a, a three quarter they come in bigger sizes than that too so yeah. they are a little bit pricey but for the money they're a hand tied skirt they do last they do catch a lot of fish i highly recommend them and when you're targeting pike primarily like or you should have a leader on <laughs> if you're yeah. targeting pike you're not going to lose it so you're not going to lose it like you would if you were you know if you, let's say you're targeting bass you don't want to use a leader pike will bite you off but if you're targeting pike you're using this yeah you might be spending a bit more than a regular chatterbait but at the same time your likelihood of losing it to a pike is going to be less because you're prepared for it yeah and and again like we said where to use it like andrew said around weeds um in pressured water i think that's the, everyone's like oh pike or dumb they'll hit anything not always the case sometimes just throwing something slightly different will get you more fish mm -hmm. so that's one thing i'd recommend so that's chatterbaits and again like you can catch pike on any chatterbait but that particular one yes. is good um I, let's touch on spinners yes so now i'm not a huge spinner guy but we've over the years caught a lot of fish on spinners and i'm just gonna tell you like any good spinner is gonna catch pike it's yep. they're just classic lures they've been around you know since the dawn of time like dawn of man right mm -hmm. but my personal favorite i know andrews when we grew up fishing at his cottage we used to kill with the uh, the meps yep meps would be great and one lure that I've caught a lot of pike on is uh, the Panther Martin size 20, which is their second biggest. They have one bigger than this that's like a musky size one. Mm -hmm. But this size 20, I'd kind of compare it to like a size 5. Uh, I would say it's close to a, a size 6. It's a size 6 maps. Like a maps. It's it's yeah. a big it's a big uh, blade. And it because of the way that blades are in Panther Martins, the, the blade actually goes right through the shaft. So yeah. it has a very unique vibration. And they do run deep. Mm -hmm. and i have a hand-tied uh, black marabou skirt on that that i put on <laughs> this particular one i've caught quite a few good pike on and again you'll catch small pike big pike it doesn't matter yeah um blue fox like the one andrew has in his hand i've done well in blue fox too yeah but really any major brand spinner is gonna be great they all just run at different depths so pick the one that is gonna yep. work for you and again the the 
the different blades on a spinner will give a different action, different vibration, and uh, even just change how, how deep it runs. The sonic ones can often give more of a vibration from the blade itself, yeah. and they, uh, they can run fairly deep because oftentimes they're coupled with a, a big heavy weight. You have the, the regular uh, spinner, spinner blade here. You can also get, I like the Aglia Long, so it's a, a willow leaf blade. Yeah. And so that one will run a lot deeper because it also has a heavy body. But the narrower the blade, the deeper it will run. It sits closer to the spinner body. So those are, are things that you'd want to consider when depending on what area you're fishing uh, and how fast you want to have to retrieve your lure. 100%. And again, spinners are great. It's a great lure for anyone, even if you're just starting to get into fishing, or if you have to take someone that doesn't know how to fish, put a spinner on a, put a ball bearing swivel on so it doesn't yep. twist their line, and then just tell them to cast it. Cast let us think retrieve, of it, and just retrieve it. Or if you're it. trolling, you know, have a have a good ball bearing swivel on your, on a yeah. leader. And we've done good trolling troll. spinners. Yeah, yeah. and you got to watch for that line twist, obviously, but a good ball bearing swivel. Yeah. Uh, and then the next category of lure, which goes hand in hand with spinners, is spoons. And uh, if you listen to our last podcast, hopefully you did, uh, we had our podcast that we talked about a lot of spoons, Len Thompson spoons, William yep. Wobblers, Williams Wobblers. <laughs> and uh, one of the most classic pike spoons, we kind of touched about this last episode, is the Len Thompson Five of Diamonds. Yeah. That's a classic. Another one would be the the Daredevil, the red and white. Yeah. Um, again, I was telling my, one of my favorite pike spoons is the Len Thompson Fire Tiger, the Platinum Series with the silver back. And it's a fire tiger painted front, and it it does well. The size that I'd recommend for pike fishing is just the number two. Um, it's a three quarter ounce. It's not a big spoon, but it catches big fish. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have to use a. I think a lot of people think you got to use a giant lure to catch pike, but generally speaking, they'll hit most bass size lures. Maybe something a little bigger, but you don't have to use giant lures. Yeah, like a lot of the time, like I said, we often used a number three Meps spinner. Like it's not very big. But the pike would, would, again, they inhale it. They'll, they'll take it. And I've caught pike, you know, well over 30 inches on those. I personally haven't broken the 40 mark, but I, one of these days I will. <laughs> but you don't need huge baits. Like how many times, if you are an avid bass fisherman, how many times have you been casting out like a small frog on the surface or, uh, you know, a small little like swim jig or, or something like that. And you know, you're, you're casting around and all of a sudden, this, this sharp tug, set the hook, and it's gone. Guess what? That was a pike. Or a musky. <laughs> or, yeah. or a musky. And, like, that wasn't a huge offering for them, but they took it. If you're targeting pike, you're fishing those areas, you don't have to be using what you might consider, like, the pike's ideal size for, you know, oh, they can eat up to a third of their, their body size. Okay, I'm going to use something a third of the body size a pike I want to catch. Yeah. Can you? Yeah. But you're going to not get a lot of fish. <laughs> yeah, and, and it depends where you're fishing. So, like, again, we live in the, the GTA. Our area, like in Lake Ontario, there's some giant pike. And there are some 40-inch pike in some of the Kawartha Lakes. Every once in a while, people will catch one. But if you live in northern Ontario, there may be areas where there are giant pike. Or if you yeah. live in literally, like, Alberta or Saskatchewan, 40, 45-inch pike are fairly regularly caught. So using a bigger bite may help you catch that bigger trophy fish that you're targeting. But here in Ontario, in southern Ontario anyway, generally speaking, you don't have to chuck the huge baits if you're just trying to catch some pike, if you're not uh, targeting trophy pike. Uh, another spoon on the same topic is a classic, and I, I'm i pretty sure almost everyone's grandpa has one of these in, their, in his box, is the, <laughs> the Johnson Silver Minnow. I've got a couple from uh, other people's grandparents' tackle boxes. <laughs> 
They're like the original silver minnows. So the Johnson silver minnow, it's it's been around for I don't even know. It's decades. I believe it was the first weedless spoon on yeah. the market. And this particular one I'm holding in my hand is actually a fire tiger. I think the one that most people have is just the silver one. Yeah. The good thing about this spoon is it's weedless ish. Like obviously it depends where you chuck it, but it <laughs> if has you want to be a crazy fool and cast a weedless bait into absolute slop and get complaint, it's gonna it, yeah. come on. It's it's not weedless is uh is to be it's taken subjective. with a grain of salt. Yeah, subjective. Yeah. That's a good term. But one reason that I started using these more recently again is because I started fishing with people that generally don't know how to fish or they haven't fished in a long time, and I'll just. We're going pike fishing in this certain Corfu Lake, which is a little bit shallow. It's full of weeds. Lots of bass, but also tons of pike. So I'll just tie on like a, a fluorocarbon leader and a Johnson Silver Minnow. Tell them to cast it out and then just start reeling it in as soon as it hits the water because it's not very deep. And it just has this really good shimmy. It comes through the weeds pretty good. Like oftentimes you'll you'll get a strand here and there of weeds. But generally speaking, it comes through mm-hmm. and oftentimes it comes back with a fish on it. <laughs> so it works good. That's another really good underrated lure. Not underrated, just I don't think a lot of people fish them anymore. Another weedless spoon that I really like for pike is the uh, Northland Tackle makes it. Uh, it's uh, called the Jawbreaker, and it has, we always call it limber legs, because that's, it, it has limber legs, which is a little skirt on it, but it's the it's Northland Jawbreaker. And one of the big things I like doing with the weedless spoons is fishing them around timber. So if I'm fishing shoreline, again, like it's great for someone who's inexperienced a lot of time when I fish shoreline, I fish weedless lures because if I do a bad skip or I just cast real bad you get <laughs> and it, it goes in the tree, I can just slowly reel it in and I can generally get it back nine times out of ten. So if you're fishing around, um, you know, some sunken timber and whatnot, it's like old stumps and stuff, which again, pike will love that. And oftentimes that timber will warm up quicker in the year. So if you're fishing, you know, this time of year uh, in the spring or, or if you're fishing early morning or something like that, uh, keep in mind that those areas where the bait fish are and whatnot will heat up sooner with timber around because the wood will retain a lot of heat because it's so dark. So uh, when you're fishing that with weedless spoons, you don't have to worry about an exposed treble like you would with your normal spoon because that's going to hit a piece of wood and now 100% you're snagged. Yeah. A spinner bait you can get through 100%. Chatter bait you can get through most of the time. You know you can get through maybe some square lip crank baits if you're if you know what you're doing. But a weedless spoon is like the easiest thing to get through there without any issues. You could like yeah. stop it, let it sink between a branch, still reel it in. And then it flutters down. They're yeah. very versatile. Um, another bait, we're going to kind of, we talked a little bit about spinner baits, but I, I just wanted to kind of plug our sponsor to again, Blackfly Lures. I know Andrew mentioned this on a podcast before. What is one of the main reasons for pike fishing, especially in muskie fishing, that Blackfly Lure spinner baits have like this amazing feature that a lot of other spinner baits doesn't? Right at the top there. So having a closed eye. So where it attaches on the uh, on the frame of the spinner bait, a lot of the times you'll see where where it'll come up from from the head of the spinner bait, come up just to make a little U shape and then head across. Yeah, yeah, and head across to uh, the spinner uh, to the blades. And I'll fish so many times, and especially with a leader, because you're not tying it directly to uh, to the frame. You're using a snap swivel or, or a snap of or uh, a wire leader of some kind. Wire leader, and it'll just slide right up to the, the spinner bait, uh, to the spinner blades, and you're trying to get it started. You're yanking on it and you're pulling it in like the first 15 feet of the strike zone, and the thing's not even working right. Yeah, it's all fouled so up. What I really like about Blackfly is every single one of his spinners that I've seen, 
uh, they all have the closed eye. So when you have a, a snap on this, it's always going to be directly pulling from the center of that frame where it should be. So it doesn't, these don't foul up like other spinner baits do no. when I'm casting them. And so if, I, if you're I, like I me and you like to switch lures a lot, um, it's great because you can use a snap and you can just quickly, you know, snap one lure on, you know, take yep. it off, put another one on and it's great. So that, that is one feature I know a lot of, obviously if you buy any musky or pike branded spinner bait, they're going to be like that. But if you're looking to use any spinner bait for bass, walleye, pike, anything like that, and you want to buy just like a, a regular spinner bait from the store, like what some of the big brands, you can't just use a snap swivel with them. Yeah. So you may have to make modifications to be able to use it. These ones are ready to go right out of the package and they mm -hmm. catch fish mm -hmm. and proven colors for Ontario, which is another reason I love buying stuff from Ontario companies. Cause like, for instance, I talked to this guy, Dean, and I, I was buying some musky spinner baits, like the big ones he makes, they're called the Pike and Musky takers. And I said to him like, yeah, I want, you know, a few of these, this was maybe two years ago. And he's like, where are you fishing? And I was like, oh, I fished the Corthus. And he's like, oh, I got this color for you. And it was like this purple color, purple uh, silicone or rubber skirt with silver and white mixed in. And it, it's not a color I would buy mm -hmm. personally. I like I didn't think much of it. I was like, okay. So I, I took his word for it. And I bought it and I used it and I was trolling with it one spring and I caught one of the biggest pike ever out of the Corthus. Big giant pike. And I was like, yes he was right <laughs> he was right <laughs> so if you want to you know get actual because like, you have to think he's selling lures all over the place and people are telling him like hey i, I caught tons of fish on this color or this mm -hmm. color and he's coming out with new colors and he knows what colors work in different areas a lot of these bait makers do right so yeah. talk to your guys at your tackle shop or talk to people that make the the baits and they will get you on some really good colors like we were talking about that about uh, mike from water wolf lures mm -hmm. um, a few weeks ago and i said to him like i don't know what color to pick like I have ideas, like obviously I've been fishing a long time. I could probably come up with a, pick one of the colors that would work, but why don't you tell me what one do you think is going to work the best? And he was like, this color, hundred percent. Yeah. And I went back and he's like a second choice, this one. And I bought that one too. These guys know what they're doing. These, you know, people that make baits, that's what they do. And that, that's, that's a good point too, because a lot of the bait manufacturers are uh, states from the States. Like the fishing industry down there can support a lot more business overall just because of the numbers. And so you think of like what would be the main forage fish that or bait fish that most of the lures or a lot of the lures out there imitate? Shad. Shad. Which we don't have Do here. we have shad here? No, not. We do <laughs> not in some in, lakes not in Ontario. In numbers. But not in like, say like the Corthas, there's no shad. So, there. so there's, they're not going to be... Uh, like a main food source that you're trying to match. So a lot of the colors where it's like, oh, like sexy shads with that. Can they work? Absolutely. They might work just because it's, you know, close to a white spinner bait or, or a white a white bait. It's a killer color. But to find like that niche where that's something that the local fish just go nuts over. Yeah. That's something that these local guys, they know. They've been, they've been making these baits and trying them for a long time. And like Jesse said, they'll hear from their customers as to what works and what doesn't. Yeah, too. and they see what sells. Yep. Oftentimes, I, I used to work at a, at a tackle shop, and you'd always know what colors work the best because those are the ones that aren't on the shelf. <laughs> if you ever go to a tackle shop and you're trying to pick a lure, if there's only one of something left, buy that one. That's that's the good <laughs> color, and I'll tell you. Like, for instance, like uh, Jim's, uh, Jim's Jigs. Yep. So, like... <clears throat> Big Jim yep. ties a fantastic, you know, walleye bucktails. And every year when he stocks up at Ganyons, we go and we're going to buy some hair jigs because, you know, they work great for, you know, for walleye and a lot of other fish. And 
I'm always like, there's so many colors. You're looking at the wall and there's like 50,000 colors and you're like, which one should I get? And you look at the ones that the least amount on each peg, you're like, okay, the black and, you know, green, that's a good one. There's only two left. Grab both of them, you know? So that's one way that I Fire Tiger in black. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I I actually talked to to Big Jimmy's at Ganyan's one time and I I talked to him like, hey, I want, I'm going to get a couple of your jigs. What color should I get? He's like, fishing kawarthas i'm like yeah i want to go for walleye i want what do i use to catch walleye he just looks at me like perch black <laughs> i was like yeah okay <laughs> that's exactly what i have in my tackle box and, now. and again they know what sells yeah they know what people constantly he, he's, buy. he's tying them he knows which material he's running out of first <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right so we're gonna move on to uh we have three categories left so we kind of talked about like you know you don't have to use big baits mm-hmm. but <laughs> You can. If you would like to use a big bait, I'm going to tell you about this bait because I caught one of my biggest pike ever on it. Now, to plug this guy again, uh, Mike at Waterwolf Lures. This lure that I'm holding in my hand is the Shadzilla Junior. And it's also tore up good. It is. It, <laughs> you look at how many teeth mark this thing has in it. It's, 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 there's more super glue than actual rubber up here yeah, at this point. I've glued this here. This particular one is it's a paddle tail swim bait. It's got a treble hook on the bottom and a single hook coming up through the top. It is hollow, and this particular color uh, was recommended to me by um, a, a guy that I follow on Instagram who is a musky guy. It's called Tennessee Shad. It's like a, a creamy white color with a olive back with um, gold sparkles and then an orange uh, tail and belly, and it looks fantastic. These have a, yeah. a great wobble. Now, if, if you're thinking of big swim baits and you're like, oh, the Mega Bass Mag Draft, I'll tell you this is better for pike for so many reasons. A... Um, this can actually be retrieved way faster. A, yeah. a mag draft, for instance, or that kind of style of bait, you have to retrieve it at such a specific speed or else it turns on its side and doesn't work. The Shadzilla Juniors, <laughs> they fish deep and you can reel them fast and the body, th- the thump that this big paddle tail gives off, yeah. it attracts the pike. And I've caught pretty big pike. Not giant pike. Like Again, we're only average guys, but uh, I've even caught small p- I've caught pike that are like 20 inches on this too. Yeah. And what they always do, and I find, is they headshot this thing. They come up <laughs> and they grab it, and they're always hooked just on the big treble on the bottom. For me, they're not even hooked on the top. They're not. They're not overly expensive. They come in a two pack. Mm-hmm. And if you're looking to get them, obviously you can check out uh, Water Wolf Lures um, website. But one of the local stores that carries them is East Hill Outdoors. Yep. And we picked up a few colors there, and that is a fantastic bait for pike. I've also um, had big bass fall these, not commit. And they're very, very popular for musky fishing. They come in several sizes, but the junior size is good. And it's about, I don't know exactly off the top of my head, but I wouldn't say it's more than two and a half ounces. Yeah. It's in that range. So because it comes in a two pack, which is cool, what Jess and I have done as well, we'll go and we'll just split a pack and we each get one. So So if you want to try a couple different colors, bring a friend and And (laughs) get two colors. I think you get two of them and it's like 30 bucks. So it's like they're 15 bucks each, which for a big swim bait like this is not that expensive at all. And they're great for musky like i said too you can fish them so many different ways they just catch fish and again this one has teeth marks all over it and what you do is pike obviously rip these up with their big teeth you just super glue them together or get some of that mend it stuff and they will last this one's i've caught probably six or seven decent sized pike on it and it's still got a lot of life in it yeah another swim bait so that that's more of a bigger bait again you can chuck way bigger baits than that but we're just talking about you know ontario and the average, you know, the average guy or girl that's fishing is is not going to have a specialty bait rod. Now, to be fair, that Shadzilla Junior, you can't chuck that on a regular bass rod. Yeah, it's you need something heavier. It's a it's a lure that's 
pushing three ounces, which <laughs> even a heavy power bass rod, it's more than double what it's rated for. So what I use is either a medium heavy musky rod or a swim bait rod. Yep. Um, why don't you talk about these, Andrew? So these are the uh, the 360 swim baits. So they come in a, a various sizes. This one actually has rattles inside of it on the head. And they're married perfectly to the, the 360 uh rubber bodies that you can get so these jig heads are designed for it so again you can get a couple different sizes so just as you got a couple here uh this one is the quarter ounce and it has a, like a chartreuse body chartreuse head so you can you can marry it directly like color wise too They're, they blend together really nice yeah this one is is like a, a baby bass it's like a, a green with some fleck i guess a pumpkin green pumpkin with a, a white white and black speckled belly and this is a half ounce so it's about six inches long yeah, they got really nice hooks. The big ones, especially like that's that's a predator. It's like, a that's a beast hook. hook. It's a stout hook. Yeah, but even the smaller ones, they got a pretty good hook size uh, and and strength for it. So when you catch pike on this, again, they normally like, annihilate this thing. And you can fish them at a variety of speeds. You can you can jig it still. You can still yeah. vertical jig it if They're you want. They're super versatile. And when when you're fishing this, it's a lot more. I find it more of a subtle presentation. Uh, for it because again there's there's not a whole it does have like i said rattles it's it's tail is kicking but there's no flash there's no flash on it but sometimes like that's what you want like in clear water and you're fishing slick calm yeah yeah sometimes stuff like a lot of flash isn't what is you want awesome and i remember we were fishing uh for for spring pike and jesse was fishing this one exactly actually that was, was actually in the fall remember i'm sorry that was a fall it was in october we were yeah. fishing for pike yeah so he's, he's casting this thing around and, and I'm fishing my, again, my classic X-Wrap. <laughs> and this is a five and a half inch big swim bait. And, uh, and we were, so we were targeting pike. We cut a few that day. It was a yep. pretty decent day. Yep. And this thing was just hanging off the side of the boat. <laughs> we're, in, we're in the canoe yep. and we're eating like a sandwich or some Timbits or something. And all of a sudden I look over and I'm like, Jesse, look. <laughs> and there's this like pocket in the weeds that this is just, he's not holding the rod. It's laying across his lap with this just hanging off of like eight inches of line in the water. Yeah. <laughs> and this they're like three and a half pound bass, like largemouth. Yeah. <laughs> it just like comes up there, just staring at it and just like opens his mouth and just grabs it. <laughs> just holding it in his mouth, not moving. It didn't move. <laughs> and Jesse and I... just like lifts his rod, sets the hook. Yeah. And just like instantly lands this bass. Yeah. But like, uh, like that shows the, the characteristic of these, even not moving, had enough draw because again, you don't have to have like a crazy presentation for this stuff. Yeah. Sometimes subtlety will work. And we're not necessarily saying the Storm 360 GT swim baits. Those are just the ones that we like because they're they're good quality. The plastic yeah. is very durable. It's like a more of a thicker durable. They and got the plastic doesn't slide off either. I find on these yeah. like it's not sliding back, and you got to reset it all the time. Like it sits seats very well against the head because they're designed for it. And and they're available widely available. Like you can get them anywhere. Canadian Tire, lots huge selection of Ganyon Sports when we were there. And again, they come in three and a half, four and a half, and five and a half. And the best overall size, I'd say, is the four and a half, which is that yeah. that one there. It catches anything, walleye, bass, pike, uh, anything will hit that. And then the bigger size is more for pike, musky, mm-hmm. big bass, big walleye, that Some, kind of thing. Something I'll often do as well is I'll, uh, I can't remember the name of, of the jig heads now, but I've, I've found some weedless uh, swim jig heads. And I'll tip that with, yeah, just a small uh, swim bait trailer and that too you can reel right through the weeds like it's like thick mm-hmm. stuff actually that's the next lure so 
Right. So swim baits are great. Any any kind of swim bait that you buy, just you can either put it on a regular jig head or a weedless head, is is fantastic. But Andrew's going to talk about. I'm not, I cut him off because that's our next lure is the swim jig. <laughs> so the swim jig. Picture everything we just talked about before of a spinner bait has flash, it has spinners. The chatter bait has vibration. Guess what? Those are jigs with longer shanks and extra blades. Yeah. <laughs> so the swim jig. It swims. <laughs> it it swims. The swim jigs are awesome. They are, they're often with, with a weed guard, which, again, is it's built in. It's fantastic. And you have – Jesse has a, a craw trailer on this one. But Jesse absolutely annihilated me. We were fishing, and I'm I'm casting my spinnerbait. I'm casting my, my X-Wrap. I'm casting all these fairly, like, aggressive lures. And Jesse's just demolishing me. And I look over, and he just keeps casting this, this swim bait. With no rattles, nothing, just a white swim jig, cast it out, reel in, cast it out, reel in, and just like nailing pike after pike. <laughs> and after that day, I went and I bought my first swim jig. <laughs> yeah, I think it's it's a bait that's for pike, extremely underrated. Yeah, and that particular one, um, to plug a local guy, that's the perfect jig, half ounce white um, swim jig. It's got a good hook on it. The weed guard is it's fairly light. It's yeah. not overly. And then I have a Z-Man Helicross, which is a craw bait, which normally when I fish swim jigs, I like to use paddle tails. But for pike, I like that that double craw. It's more like yeah. a double twister almost. But once yeah. you super glue a Helicross on, it's on there for the season. Yeah. <laughs> and with pike, because of their teeth, I've gotten days and days and days out of the same bait. Yeah, that, that's the beauty thing too with with Elastec, uh, or Elastic style baits at least. But with, with Z-Man especially, they have because of that stretchiness on the bait like, like it's it's nuts like those craws you think of like a pike or, or anything like grabs onto one of those and how many times like like a sunfish like oh well that's gone like this is it's yeah, perfect it lasts a long time so when when pike slice into a bait with their teeth it's going to get cut that's a weak point so anything else automatically the next pull you start playing with the water even sometimes it'll just start tearing more and more and then it's gone yeah z-man can be like ripped to shreds but it's still not tearing off so that's the beauty of it is of having that is you're not going through you know bags and bags of your trailers if you're using something like like z-man and again oftentimes you're fishing fishing a faster presentation where scent in my opinion doesn't have that much to do with with the strike it's it's that sight it's that vibration it's that that presentation rather than just oh i'm smelling something good they're not really i don't really have the time to investigate yeah. something and, and and see is this smelling right or does it smell weird or does it smell good <laughs> so it, if you're worried about oh z-man doesn't have you know scent it's not about the scent of this stuff no any bait that you cast and retrieve the fish isn't grabbing it and tasting it before you set the hook you literally <laughs> they just grab it and you set the hook so a swim jig another reason like andrew pointed out earlier swim jig is so effective because you can cast that thing through anything yeah lily pads for bass weeds rocks timber doesn't matter you cast it and retrieve it. it's it's really good around weeds that uh break the surface so stuff like bulrushes rice stuff like that where the pike they'll come into those areas because they they shelter a lot and that's a great spot you'll often find them find them spawning but they'll hold their uh, especially because they're often found around river mouths or springs, freshwater yep. springs. So it's kind of colder water in the shallows still. And yeah, th- the swim jigs are amazing because again, they're weedless. You're not getting snagged and you can retrieve it right through those, those longer weeds too. Yeah. And days to put on a swim jig, slick, calm, bright skies. If you, if it's clear and 
and you know bluebird skies even pike as dumb as they are they get a little bit finicky a natural yeah. presentation will usually outproduce something and again like andrew said a swim jig is basically you know a spinner bait without a blade or a chatter bait without the chatter part like it's the same bait it's just slightly different it's yeah. it's a tool you shouldn't be attached to certain lures and say oh this one works all the time use the best tool for the job yeah. if it's windy and the water's churning put on a spinner bait get that flash <laughs> out there if it's slick calm put on a swim jig it's more finesse it works and also not pike related swim jigs smash bass like amazing if you yeah. don't own a swim jig definitely pick one up we're going to talk about quickly some of the swim jigs perfect jig like we mentioned jacked up jigs yeah he has very nice looking swim jigs we actually picked up a bunch yep because uh, i like trying new jigs <laughs> also weapons of bass destruction i've had really good yep. success on his swim jigs all these guys make them in ontario so definitely check them out we're going to talk about one bait quickly and a few honorable mentions right. so for crankbaits you may not think, oh, crankbaits, like, they catch anything. Bass, walleye, pike, muskie, doesn't matter. One of my sleeper lures for pike is a lipless crankbait. Specifically, I know Andrew is a big fan of the Rattlin Wrap. Yeah. For me, it's a Cotton Cordell Super Spot. And the reason is, they cost five bucks. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a silver lipless crankbait with two treble hooks. And that thing is noisy. Like, you can hear that 50 feet away in the water. And for whatever reason, like, look at that one. Look how... Oh, it's, it's got it's hook rash. It's got teeth marks all over it. It's, oh. yeah. That and that's just is... one of them. That's the only one I could find that uh, <laughs> had hooks on it. But uh, you rip that through weeds or along a deep weed line, pike just inhale it. It's like a maraca though. Like imagine this in the water. Like it's, it's a loud bait and it catches. And here's the thing. Another sleeper bait for salmon in the fall yeah. at the harbor. No one chucks these. <laughs> Not no one. There's a few people, but. They cast, and the cool thing about a lipless crankbait is it's you can fish it at any depth. Yep. You cast this out. Say you're fishing in three feet of water. Cast it out. Start retrieving as soon as it hits the water. Say you're fishing in 20 feet of water. Cast it out. Count it down 15 feet. Like They, they sink about a foot a second. Count them down. Then start retrieving. You can fish them anywhere. They fish fairly weedlessly mm -hmm. because as you retrieve them, the hooks are behind the bait. Yes. Um, and they, they catch tons of fish and they're inexpensive. So that's another great bait. Honorable mentions, because we're going to go a little bit over time right now, <laughs> is, and they're not even honorable mentions because they weren't at the top of our list. It's just we ran out of time, is a fluke. Yep. One I of our mind. favorite baits for pike. It should have been one of the first ones we mentioned. Um, <laughs> if you want to hear more about how we fish a fluke, check out our early season pike video yep. or YouTube because we talked more about it. But a fluke. A five to six inch or even a seven inch fluke on a, a weightless hook or even a uh, a slightly weighted hook to get it down yep. a little deeper that'll catch pike and another one is a swim bait but a weedless swim bait with yeah, a flashy Texas. swimmer hook on it yeah it's basically a weedless bait yeah, texas rig swim bait yep with a, a little tiny piece of wire with a willow leaf blade on the bottom and that's another bait that you can chuck yeah. basically yeah, into and, and underspin yeah. underspin jig yep and one of my favorite baits to put on that is the the X Zone Mega Swammer, which is a five and a half inch bait, and it's white. So we're gonna we're gonna now do some of our AOA Q and A. <laughs> so hopefully you enjoyed that. And if you're on our Instagram or our YouTube, message us below what your favorite pike lure is, or even a few of them, because they're probably some of the same ones we mentioned. <laughs> so we're gonna start off with our. A and if they're not, then I'm gonna find a new favorite pike lure. So yeah, for sure do that, people. <laughs> <laughs> AOA Q and A. We have a few questions we're going to go over, then we're going to talk about our giveaway, which is the Blackfly Lures $25 gift card, yep. which is amazing. Uh, Bronzeback Master, what's your favorite overall bait company? And I know what you're going to say, so say it. Hashimoto Concepts. 
If I, okay, and that's not what he's asking. I but. think he means plastic bait. <laughs> Andrew so, has a bit of a crush on plastic uh, bait. Brent. Okay, Z-Man. I love. I use Z-Man for pretty much everything because I like buying one package and then having it for five years. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to beat Z-Man. Like we again, we try to, you know, support our local bait makers and, and companies like that. But you get Z-Man. It's made in the USA. It lasts forever and it catches fish. The one time I don't like to use Z-Man is anytime I'm fishing a bait that the fish are going to hold on to because a lot of their stuff isn't scented like we were talking about. And I, yeah. I'm a firm believer in scent. But I'd have to say, like, major brand-wise would be Berkeley for me. Like, Berkeley Power Worm. That's yeah. what I cut my teeth. Berkeley would probably with. be second because yeah. We, yeah, when, I do, when I do want scent, my favorite is Berkeley. Yeah. And if you're looking to support some smaller local guys, uh, a few of the guys that we saw at CanCast, uh, Pro Water Baits. Yeah. Limestone lures. Limestone lures. Wham baits. Yeah, wham baits um, has some cool stuff. There's tons of guys that make, guys and girls that make plastic baits that yeah. are amazing. So definitely check them out as well. Here's another question. Do, do, do. Average Ontario anglers, are you going to have a meet and greet sometime soon? Maybe a barbecue and fishing stories. <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea. I like the idea. We are actually thinking, and it might not happen this year, but we are thinking of having a, like a fishing meetup get together where everyone fishes out of small tin boats yep. or, or kayaks or canoes or anything and we just kind of meet up and uh have a fun fishing tournament yeah where like we a, just, a friendly f- tournament you, you take pictures of what you catch there's no actual official wang and then we kind of judge it by looking at the picture so no special you know equipment is needed or, or live wells or anything like that that's in the works we'll definitely uh we'll let you know when that uh, comes to light uh 613 bassin who we also met at CanCast. This will be our last question for this episode. That's, that's a great one. When are we doing doing a meet and greet? Next year at CanCast. We'll be there. Yeah. Come meet us and greet us. <laughs> 613 Bassin, he says, what's your take on pre-season bass fishing? Do you guys think it should be legal in every zone? I I don't, I don't know. I For me, I like fishing for bass after the spawn. I don't want to disturb them But this is beforehand. This is before though. This is before, so like right now you have to think. I had someone message me on my page because yeah. uh, the Ontario, the ministry is trying to change the law about taking pictures of bass. So right now they're like, here's the early open season. Yeah, It's nowhere when these bass are going to spawn. It's like literally from January 1st, which is under ice, to the first week in May. These bass generally spawn, generally, from like mid-May to mid-June-ish. Yeah. But mid-May I- to June. So, I've I've had I've heard really, so my my thoughts have changed on it because I've heard some really good arguments for both sides. Yeah. When I first heard about it, I'm like, cool, because yeah, I'm not fishing for them on beds, and like I, I think it's cool to be able to to catch to catch fish as much as possible. I want to go fishing, so yeah. <laughs> to have an early season, I think I think that's great, and I do want to try and make use of it. But at the same time, I have also heard that you know studies have been shown that uh, when you disturb fish pre-spawn. Uh, it will reduce their, uh, they may decide not to spawn afterwards or it reduces the number of uh, like good offspring that they produce. So for me, it, it's kind of like, it's using my best judgment on on the situation. Yeah. So I, I do I do like the fact that because with the warmer water and stuff recently, they have, I believe they have early season, but they're also trying to keep bass season closed a little bit longer to be able to let them finish their spawn. So I do, like, I'd rather have that. I would rather have them keep bass season closed longer to make sure they're done their spawn and pre-fish them, if that makes sense. Yeah, because, like, generally speaking, like, say in the Corthus, for instance, because that's where we fish a lot, you're not seeing bass on their beds anywhere near where the season opens. 
Yeah, generally. Like, maybe the odd year if it's cold or something. But I, I don't, again, I don't know all the scientific studies of it. I don't see the difference. Um, so, like, we've caught bass. Like, I caught bass last week when I was pike fishing uh, on the Trent River. Yeah. You're fishing a jerkbait for pike and you catch a bass in April. Is that going to affect its spawn two months later or three months later? Like, yeah. I, I don't know. Like, I, again, like, I don't really know. Like, bass aren't generally as easy to catch when the water's like 50 degrees <laughs> so like how many people are actually going to target these fish is yeah. it going to be a huge impact on the fish probably, probably not, not. No. are bass easy to find when the water's 50 degrees and in, in all these lakes and these different zones like they're fishing in zone <laughs> 20 which is lake ontario early bass season it seems to be fine in the Quarthas, like if i told you right now like oh drive up to like lake scugog and find a bunch of bass in like early april it'd be hard <laughs> like the fish aren't just all schooled up and and ready to bite you know they're hard to catch so i don't know my opinion is it is what it is like if it happens that'd be cool uh, i don't think a lot of people would target them i i, I guess my mindset is i want to make sure that i i don't hurt anything but at the same time i, I want to go fishing <laughs> yeah so if if it's open season and i can i'll make use of it for sure so anyway there's lots of good questions and again every week we have on our instagram we do a poll for our aoa q a on our podcast so you don't have to ask us a question you can also ask us our opinion on something because some of you guys and girls know everything <laughs> unlike <laughs> us but we're just average guys and uh, if you're an expert and want to see how dumb we really are <laughs> send us a question send us a question <laughs> <laughs> we uh, are very opinionated though especially me <laughs> But anyway, we would like to thank uh, our giveaway sponsor this week. Now, the way it works, because we record two episodes at once, uh, so we're not recording every week because we're busy guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, the first podcast, uh, we do our giveaway live, uh, which was last week when we did Len Thompson, which we actually recorded about an hour ago. <laughs> and uh, this week, because uh, the Blackfly Lures giveaway, we couldn't do it live because we didn't have time to or the way it works on Instagram, we, we didn't have time to advertise for that. That's going to be a separate week. So this giveaway is going to be only on Instagram and the giveaway details and all of that information is going to be posted. So definitely make sure you check that out and we will notify the winner and we'll do a live showing on our Instagram live or something like that. Mm -hmm. But anyway, we'd like to thank again, Blackfly Lures, Dean at Blackfly Lures. Super nice guy. Met him a few times now. He makes fantastic baits and he's again, giving away a $25 gift certificate. So if you do win, Make sure, maybe buy an extra few spinner baits for us and send us some. <laughs> <laughs> and but. if you're listening, Dean, just know that Jesse and I, we talked about it already. We're still going to get an order into you ourselves. So, <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah, we have. So, again, we were talking about these big bastard spinner baits. They've done very well for us. Yes. I've caught, I've caught walleye on them. I've caught largemouth on them, smallmouth, uh, musky, and pike on them. They, they work for everything, and they're just slightly big enough that they're going to kind of get you a few extra bigger bites but mm -hmm. i've also caught dinks on these too <laughs> and uh we're gonna order a few more of these because they they, they work great yep. it's a perfect size it's just slightly bigger than a bass bait but it's a lot smaller than a big musky bait so you don't need special gear for this you can just chuck that on your yep. regular bass gear and hopefully catch a bigger fish so anyway we'd like to thank dean again and again if, if you're if you're a regular listener of our podcast we'd like to thank you so much it's been going fantastic and like we've gotten a lot of messages and really good reviews on on the podcast uh streaming services and on our youtube as well yeah. so we'd like to thank you for that and uh we'll catch you on the next podcast episode 10 next week the double digits now Woo. <laughs> <laughs>